Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, thousands of holiday travelers found themselves stranded when Southwest Airlines canceled flights during the massive blizzard last week. Now, critics, of course, are calling for a crackdown on antitrust, much more looking at oversight and hearings and regulation. What's the proper solution? Or will the market correct itself without government interference? That's a radical concept and an interesting thing to look at. Uh, Really pleased to have joining us on the program today, Robert Poole, an MIT-trained engineer, co-founder and director of transportation a policy at Reason Foundation has a great piece at uh, piece at Reason dot com Reason Magazine today talking about the Southwest meltdown and what it actually means for airlines. Uh, Robert, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Uh, of course, so many uh, were immediately calling for hearings and oversight, and I think Elizabeth Warren was leading the charge uh, on a lot of those conversations. Uh, but just talk us through in terms of uh, what did happen and sure, is, sure. is regulation really the answer? Well, you know. This was a once in a generation um, uh, snowstorm. Basically, three quarters of the United States uh, blanketed in, in snow and wind and everything. So every form of transportation uh, was uh, was badly, seriously affected by this. Now it turned out, of course, uh, as we all know, Southwest was more affected than most. And uh, uh, but the good news is that. Uh, that Air travel has pretty much recovered. Southwest is even getting back, building back their schedule, but the others recovered much sooner. And uh, one of the reasons uh, is that Southwest uh, is the largest uh, airline, I think, in the world that uses a point-to-point route system. And uh, that means their planes uh, are scattered all over the country at any given time, as opposed to most of the big airlines like Delta and United and American operate from hubs and spokes. And so uh, their planes are concentrated in a smaller number of places, so it's easier for them to recover in a really bad situation like this. Uh, so that's that's one reason. On the other hand, that, that point-to-point system has been the key to the success of Southwest Airlines. Mm. They get uh, about a third more use, daily use, out of each plane. Uh, they have quick turnaround times. Uh, uh, they give people a lot more choices. Most people, when they travel, hate the uncertainty of having to make a connection at a hub. Uh, you never know if the plane's going to be late, if your plane coming in is going to be late, and you'll be stranded because of that. So point-to-point it wins passenger loyalty tremendously. And all the smaller, low-cost carriers like Allegiant and Frontier uh, and Spirit have all adopted that. And it's big in Europe, too, with EasyJet and, and uh, Ryanair. So... It turns out, though, in a, in a bad situation, this was their Achilles heel, but it was, it was made much worse because they have an antiquated crew scheduling system. And it could not, it's not as, it doesn't have the smarts and it doesn't have the rapid means of figuring out what to do. Uh, you need to have really sophisticated algorithms for that and the ability to immediately contact every crew member wherever they are and figure out where they need to go. And their system is a pile of junk, frankly. <laughs> and and uh, turn, you know, when Herb Kelleher, who founded and ran uh, uh, Southwest for decades, uh, was was still running things, I mean, he was very much an operations guy, and uh, things he 
built the culture that that led them to be so successful. The last two CEOs have been finance guys, mm. you know, focusing well on the bottom line. Well, let the airline take care of itself. And yeah, that's that, so. That's, that's now really coming like back to bite them. Yeah, no kidding. In fact, I had those exact same thoughts uh, when this was all unraveling. I was on the Bloomberg Radio last week, and as we talked about, I said, "Man, Herb would just be rolling over in his grave." Not because there was all of this backup but because he didn't put the employees first in terms of having That's a right. system they could use because it's taking care of the employees that allowed them to build that culture that made such a difference for their customers. Absolutely. Uh, and they so they're going to pay, pay a very high price in reputation and and customer loyalty. It would probably take them several years to, mm-hmm. to build back the consumer confidence and, and uh, get back the, the loyal customers that they've had for so long. And their market value is probably going down, too. That's right. Uh, in comparison to the other. So, I mean, the idea that Congress, you know, little tin gods uh, have to step in and, and punish them somehow, by gosh, they're being punished, and they won't, they won't be punished for a good while this year uh, in loss of market value and, and loss of customers. Uh, whereas the other, and, and there's lots of other alternatives for people. There's, there's the other really low-cost carriers with their yeah. uh, point-to-point systems. So this is this is a, a sad day for Southwest. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, I, I actually met Herb and uh, got to know him mm. on the first name basis, uh, and he would be just unbelievably yeah. crushed by, by seeing what has happened to his airline. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America, but the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah, so true. I, I shared the stage with Herb a couple of times uh, in my previous life uh, doing corporate training, and uh, he would always say, you know, culture eats strategy and finance for breakfast. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and and we really saw that play out. And, and I think it's so interesting because you, you talked about the finance guys running the show, and ultimately, as you mentioned, the, the market uh, is saying – you blew it, uh, and that's really hurting the share price uh, in all of that. And, and so, of course, as we then compare and contrast in terms of well, what you know, what would government regulation do uh, to help it? Uh, yeah. I, I love the way you it framed it. It would be it. a nightmare. In my my little reason piece, I, I mentioned that I'm I'm old enough. I grew up in the days of regulated airlines, mm. and uh, my my dad worked for Eastern Airlines. So the only way we could afford to fly because it was so expensive in the in the fifties and sixties uh, because of the regulation was we had company passes. <laughs> so we could fly even though all of my classmates uh, who didn't have an airline parent uh, could not possibly afford to fly. And uh, so uh, the air travel market, I mean, it, it's like 10 to 20 times bigger today thanks to competition. Mm. There was no yeah. competition then. Right. The government agency selected one or two airlines per route 
and uh, did not allow any competition on price, uh, and they restricted entry by new competitors. So you had basically a cartel of, of uh, fat and happy airlines, uh, and, and they could pass through costs. The CAB, the agency, would always approve their uh, their price increases but cover the rising costs of, of uh, you know, cushy union contracts and, and uh, you know lack of, of efficiency in the way they operated. So airline deregulation, 1978, was a blessing for America and uh, vastly expanded uh, air travel, made it affordable to almost everyone. Uh, they uh, enabled different kinds of models of airlines, including low-cost carrier like Southwest to blaze a trail and ultra-low-cost carriers like really, really no frills. But they give people what they want, and, and they've, they've all been successful. Uh, I think that's such a, a great way to look at it. And, and as we look at where we move going forward, uh, the, the knee-jerk reaction, of course, is is to always swing back and say, oh, Congress needs to regulate everything. Right. That's the solution. Uh, and the reality is oversight, yes, that's an important thing. We should make sure you know things weren't violated and, and that we've got sure, safety. absolutely. And, 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 and honest protection. reporting about statistics and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. Absolutely. Is there anything else that we ought to be watching for? Uh, in the days ahead in terms of what could be helpful to the industry uh, and to customer confidence? Well, I think uh, the big, there's a big danger in, in uh, uh, members of, a few members of Congress who really want to uh, stop further for mergers. Uh, and uh, uh, they say, well, this era, it's becoming a cartel. But, it's, you know, it's not a cartel when there's open entry. And uh, we have open envy that uh, is the envy of the world. It's been emulated somewhat in Europe and, and more recently somewhat in Japan. But we have the most competitive airline uh, market, mm-hmm. I think, in the world. And uh, to buck around with that by, by uh, foolish uh, uh, intervention by Congress – I think, or, or the Justice Department, for that matter, would really be uh, a bad, a bad situation, and and could put at risk the the affordable, competitive airline system that we've come to know and love. Uh, great perspective, Robert Poole, MIT trained engineer, co-founder and director of the Transportation Policy uh, at Reason Foundation. Uh, Robert, thanks so much for your insight today. Thanks. Glad to be here. All right, uh, that's some really interesting stuff in terms of the airline industry. What will make it better? What will give us more confidence in it? I guarantee it's not coming out of Washington, D.C. And we're watching Washington, D.C. as that vote continues to play out. We're getting ready for round number three for the speaker's race. We'll follow it here on KSL News Radio. Stick around. Much more to come on Inside Sources.